Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. I'm lifting you up today. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. I've made that mistake 20 times. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. The heat underneath us has turned off. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. I was told there would be fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy, and this is our 200th official episode. 200th episode. I feel like we should have some sort of, I don't know, congratulatory sound effect there. (laughs) It's been uh, 200. It's been a long road. We thank all of you for listening. Absolutely. And uh, here we are. We were going to try to do something fun for our 200th episode, but then we couldn't really think of anything fun. So we were just like, who's in a fun mood at this point? We're not feeling fun. And I was like, you know what? We have something really practical we need to talk about. We had talked about it already. And then Anne-Marie came to our Facebook page and wrote this. And I was like, this is what we're all thinking about. Anne-Marie says, we are so close to coming out of the dark of the pandemic and I am hitting a wall. Very stressed about the reopening plans for our schools and being able to get a vaccine appointment. Feeling isolated on top of everything else. Anne-Marie, same. Yeah. I mean, we did an episode about hitting a wall and it was months and months and months ago. And now we're hitting a different wall. There's a reason for that. And I'm going to tell you why today because it's there's a reason. I love it. And also, I will say we did a whole episode on how to say no. And this episode is like, are we supposed to start saying yes soon? And that has its own set of problems, right? Like yes. saying no in the beginning, a lot of people's problems was like a lot of people were having the problem of, oh, but I don't want to go to your party or I don't want to have you come over in laws because I believe there is a global deadly pandemic going on. And we talked a lot about like how to set firm boundaries and do the pandemic in a way that felt safe and comfortable to you. And now, ta-da, we're on this flip side of like, wait, is it okay for vaccinated grandma and grandpa to come and kiss the baby? Uh, I'm hearing different things, Amy. Yeah, and you get, like, I get it. I feel like they're not telling us yes because then people will pretend to be vaccinated when they're not. Like, I get the reasons where we're not getting necessarily (laughs) complete and clear information on it because they're not sure what they want us to do, but it doesn't make it clear. We thought, I think when we were talking about how much longer is is this going to be, that at least the ending would be clear, right? Like a switch would be flipped. No, we'd run into the streets. 
I was looking up. I'm like, what is my perfect running into the streets analogy I would use? And I was looking at the video of Beautiful City from the movie Godspell, which is a total old deluxe alert. Wow. That is an old deluxe alert. It, Back in my day. It's hippies. I'll put the link in the show notes. Hippies skipping down the street, holding hands. We can build a beautiful city. Yes, we can. And I kind of thought it was going to be that way. Oh, I have a companion piece, which is my go-to, which is Brand New Day from The Wiz. Yes. When the another old deluxe alert. Back in my day. But if you don't know the song for... Several years of my life, I played that song every day and my kids and I would dance around to it. It was just the song that was like, whatever else is going on, you will feel good if you're listening to this song. And I just saw recently someone did like a choreography piece to it. So it's been going around on Facebook, this new piece. I'll put it in the show notes. But that's the song that I think of. Yeah. It's like they're all free from the Wicked Witch and they sing this song about like, everybody come out. Can you feel a brand new day? Can you feel a kind of maybe a little different day, right? This is... We can't feel it. We're confused. I have a friend who's a photographer and I've talked about on the show before, Neil Kramer. I'll put the link in the show notes. He takes photographs every day of the pandemic and he's winning all these photography awards. Anyway, the one that really got to me recently is he had a picture of his mother, elderly mother, who was just, you know, sitting kind of slumped and he said we were supposed to do a funny photo shoot today and she's just not feeling it because she has gotten her second vaccine and she's still not seeing her friends. And she was sort of like, she's actually feeling the depression of having crossed that line. And we're not dancing in the streets like in the whiz. Like it's not quite there yet. And there's something really dispiriting about it. We're like, we thought we would be dancing in the streets. And we're like, everybody look out. Because let's commence to sing in And then it's like, no, 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 go back inside. Not yet. And you're like, wait, what? I thought I was dancing out. But kind of, but maybe, but sometimes, but only, yeah. So we're going to talk about that, how we can get okay with this. And also, I'm still in the position, I'm not vaccinated. I'm probably at least a month away from getting a vaccine, I would assume. You don't have a vaccine, right? I have an appointment on the horizon. Oh, my gosh, Amy. Huge news. Yeah, it's like a month away. I'm excited about it. I don't have an appointment. I don't have a vaccine. I don't qualify yet. And so I also am now like getting I have a ton of friends who are teachers. I know a lot of people are vaccinated and they're sort of like, hey, let's go to dinner in the tent. But it's still really cold and there would be 12 of us at a table. And I'm sort of like, uh, I still don't think I'm doing that. Yeah. It's really confusing all over again. It's really confusing. I have some science for you around this or some psychology, I should say. Oh, I'd rather have science than psychology, frankly, at this point. But if you've only got psychology, I'll take that. It's psychology about scientists. How does that sound? It's a good combination. I mean, I just want you to be like, here you go. It's fine to hug grandma who's vaccinated. It's not fine to this. Like, I want someone to tell me the rules, but I don't think you're going to do that. No, I tried to look into that a little bit researching this episode. And guess what? <laughs> They're confused. So. They're like, uh, we'll get back to you on that. <laughs> so Tara Law wrote this article for Time magazine. It is absolutely fascinating about people who go on long missions to space or who live in like the Arctic you know, station. She interviewed a guy who is the area manager for McMurdo Station, which is an Antarctic research base that's 2,400 miles from New Zealand. Like you're in the middle of nowhere. And oh, thank you. The psychologists who have studied people like this have found something really interesting. That they're insane. That they're insane, right. Why would you do this? Their hardest, most difficult stretch is about 75% of the way through. And that this is true, whether you go for five years or a month, the hardest part is about 75% of the way through, and it's called the third quarter phenomenon. Amy, 
I mean, drop the mic. That's incredible information because that's exactly where we are. That's exactly where we are. So I'll tell you about it. Those undertaking deployments in challenging scenarios, raise your hand, are likely to experience a reduction in mood, irritability, and tension and decrease morale after the midpoint and into the third phase of a mission, the third quarter phenomenon. They find that, like, for example, people who live in really cold climates for where it's dark for most of the year, that the worst month for those people is February, is after the worst part is over. That's when there's the most accidents, the most fights, the most calls to marital counselors is three quarters of the way through. Isn't that fascinating? It's super fascinating. And I will also say that I have observed this in myself and my children that It's very interesting to me that the end of the pandemic, pray God, seems to be corresponding with like springtime where we are, you know, and that we had in New York about a week ago, 72 degrees, 270 degree days, two days where it was really warm. Yes. And then we were plunged back into iciness. Like it's been, it's freezing. It's freezing cold today. And it's supposed to snow later in the week. And I was saying to my husband, this all feels a little too on the nose, the metaphor. Like it's like the hopefulness and then the being crushed back into freezing temperatures. It feels so much like what's going on with the pandemic and so much what is going on with what I now understand to be my third quarter phenomenon. Yes. And it's supposed to go on way. Somebody just said on Twitter this morning, like, hello, I swept my porch. That means there can be no temperature below 55 degrees. I thought I was very clear about this, that this goes one way. Yeah. You're insane, though, because it's mid-March on the East Coast. Like, I know better. This weekend, of course, it had been 70 degrees. And I thought to myself, time to pack up the winter clothes. But I know better. I've made that mistake 20 times, people. Come on. Right. It's still March. And you're right. I felt very differently when it was 70 degrees last week and I was outside. I was kind of we can build a beautiful city. I was kind of. <laughs> you were doing your dance. You were like, everybody be win. Right. Da, 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 da. Now you're just, your back stuck against the wall being lorded over by the Wicked Witch. Just today, I was supposed to have lunch outside with two mom friends and we canceled because it's 36 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, see you next month. Yeah. It's 31 degrees. Yeah. It's absolutely miserable. And my kids who don't really understand weather, are funny because it's been sunny. So every day they're like running outside in like a t-shirt and bare feet and shorts. And they're like, uh, it's cold. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got fooled. You got tricked. Something that didn't really occur to me until I was researching the third quarter phenomenon is that, so, you know, what's hard about these trying environments? They weren't even talking about the pandemic in this particular research. They're like, what's really hard for these people and hard for most of us to understand is that they are both in incredible isolation and in close living conditions. Like there was a group of astronauts that had to simulate going to Mars, which I guess would be like two years or something, you know, in a, like, can we do it? Oh, no, thank you. Who does this stuff? So they needed to check if literally human beings can handle that by so they gave these people a simulated trip to Mars, which is I should put the picture in the show notes. I should just use it as a picture for the episode. It's five people like looking at their phones and clicking around on their laptops in like, you know, your basic dorm room, basically, and that these people had to live like that. And would it be so hard for you know the typical person to imagine how hard it would be to both be isolated from the world and be on top of four other people? Like, no, I actually can totally exactly imagine that combination. Spoiler alert, Marge, folks, it doesn't go great. It's not great. Yeah. And it's the combination of the two that have made us 
you know, really ready to be done, but also kind of unready to leave. Well, and I think what we're talking about today, yeah, is not ready for it to be over. Even bad experiences, even the pandemic, which you sort of are like, it's over, hooray. There's also a whole reckoning of like, wait a minute. I don't want to do the Pinewood Derby anymore. Right. I don't want to do non-virtual CCD. I don't want to do, you know, eight things I don't really feel like doing every week. And I really don't want to go back. Somebody, I was having lunch with friends the other day and one of them said, oh, aren't your kids just dying to go back to school? And I said, they're not at all. Like none of us are looking forward to 7 a.m. Okay, everybody get up, pack your bags. Let's go. School starts at 8.15 and we're late. We're late. You know, it's been kind of nice to roll out of bed and all you have to do is be at a computer with a shirt on by (laughs) 8.30. You know, I mean, it's a lot easier. And even that's tough most mornings. Yeah. Yeah, that's a heavy lift. And so I think this idea of that's the other part of the whiz metaphor, right? That like, it's not just like, oh my God, we're freed from being stuck to the wall and dancing in the streets. Like there's something very melancholy about the idea of it ending all of a sudden, you know? Heather, who's one of our listeners, she says, I think seeing a light at the end of the tunnel can be unsettling. We've been living in this weird way for a year now. And as much as it seems crazy, we've gotten used to it. Heather, why are you a genius? That's such a smart way to say it. Yeah. Well, a light at the end of the tunnel. That's right. It's the metaphor is that it is paradise and that, in fact, seeing a light after being stuck in a tunnel is unsettling. That's so well said and so smart. Right. I would say if I were to describe how I feel right now, it is deeply unsettled. And then the light at the end of the tunnel, you're both like, "Uh oh, am I ready for the end of the tunnel? And also, I can't believe I still have this much more tunnel to go. Man. Right, that I'm not done. This is so (laughs) on point. You're just rocking my world. It's all so right. I'm lifting you up today. Yeah. And then there's a lot of practical aspects, too. Like, we have a lot of family. I have a sister in California. I have in-laws in Texas, Florida. And not having seen people for a long time, it's like we're dying to see them, but we still don't really understand what's safe. Like... We are starting to see people from all around the country, but like it doesn't at all feel to me like a regular visit from family. It feels extremely fraught and nervous making to me. You know, I'm not, you know, normally I I have family coming in. I'm like, oh, then we'll do this and we'll do this. But like the hum underneath the idea of family visiting me is like, I don't know if this is okay. I saw Dr. Fauci. I mean, he's being interviewed everywhere all of a sudden, which is great. But (laughs) I I saw him live on TV. Somebody was interviewing him saying like, "Okay, so we're saying two weeks after the vaccine that grandparents can see their grandchildren. But you don't mean like get on a plane and see their grandchildren. You mean like go down the street, right? And he was like, uh, he He doesn't know in real time. Like, uh, yeah. And he honestly was like, you know, you're right. And I guess we'll have to give some more guidance on that. Right. And and so we're just floating out here again, once again, making all of the decisions completely on our own. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. 
Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Yeah, so this idea of visiting, we have decided after probably 15 months without seeing my kids' grandparents that we're going to visit. And it's, I kept saying, I'm going to wait for the CDC guidelines. I'm going to wait for the CDC guidelines. But the CDC guidelines are still, if you're not vaccinated, don't travel if you're not. And I just feel like at a certain point, I have to find that door to the outside on my own. I guess nobody's, I mean, Would it be perfectly safe to do it two years from now instead of now? I guess. But we're doing it now. But then I kind of do feel robbed about that, like the famous picture of the soldier, like dipping the nurse and kissing her like it's the end. It doesn't feel like that at all to me. It feels very like fraught and nervous and not that fun. Yes, you're right. And part of what's frustrating us now is we were told there'd be cake, right? We were told there'd be dancing in Times Square. I was told there would be fun. And instead, I just have like nervous upset. And sort of like, should I mention that I got a vaccine when my friend is still trying to find one for her mom? Because that might be weird. And should I tell people that I went and hugged my friend who was back? Like we are feeling like we can't necessarily share our joy when other people aren't there yet. And we are feeling great dissonance when other people are right or on, I don't know, or way further down this road than we are. Like, it's so great to be back. Right. A great amount of it. We said it on a recent episode that like age is like this, right? You think there's a door and on the other side of the door, you're old. (laughs) But it's really just like, wait, what? Like you turn around one day and it's happened very slowly. And I do think this thing of, well, I guess I'm going to let them still go to lunch together and I'm not going to join them because that doesn't seem safe to me. And I don't want to be the last person in the United States to get COVID. That seems horrible. You know, I don't want to get it. And so... 
I think that this idea, and I do think that this is a learning that we've come through and it's, there's some value in it. Meaning that like, I remember it's like, to me, like a wedding, right? You get into this thing of your wedding. It has to be like, well, if it's not perfect and the flowers are wrong, it's got to be the most magical day (laughs) ever. And if anything isn't exactly the way I've been picturing it since I was five, then it's ruined. And like, we're grownups now, you know? And I think that we've come through an experience that is sort of like, guess what? Life is not like your perfect wedding. Life is, nobody promised you a rose garden, you know? Nobody, this is what life is a little bit more like. It's complicated, you know? And so while we picture our reunion with distant family to be like running to the airport and hugging and, oh my God, this is great. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be not that fun and pretty fraught, (laughs) you know? And hopefully we'll, I'm sure we'll have a good time. I'm sure it'll be great to be together. But I also think like, it's the gospel, I guess. Like when I was a child, I saw as a child, but now that I'm an adult, I see it as an adult. And I do think like, This is kind of an adult way of looking at the world that like there's not always cake. Jessica says that the cognitive dissonance between where the numbers tell her her state is and how she sees like people acting when she's walking down the street. That's what's giving her reflux. She says I should probably start wearing my bite guard when I'm awake. And it's a new source of stress, right? Like as things start to open up and some of us don't feel ready or should be feel ready or they're not ready or that, that it is. It's a new source of stress that we were saved from when we were all. I don't know. We were all hiding. I feel like we've put such a fine point on what is stressful about the whole thing. We thought there'd be a door. We thought there would be like a day, you know, like it's over, guys. Out you go. And we're still navigating this insanity. My husband and I, over the summer, we haven't been out of the house now in months in New York. And we, over the summer, had gone to a restaurant in our town that is huge, extremely high ceilings. And we went and thought we could sit outside. We couldn't sit outside. They were like, there's tables inside. It's very, very open. And we were there with my niece, who's actually a medical student. And we sat together and it was this cavernous restaurant and there was nobody near us. And my niece, who is only a medical student, she really is not there to give us, you know, epidemiological (laughs) advice, was like, yeah, this seems fine to me. So let's say last week we had just reached the point of like, we have to get out of the house. The winter, we've been so stuck together. I said, let's go to that restaurant. We'll sit inside. It's, you know, we'll do the whole thing. We go to go to the restaurant. We have not left the house in months. We're like, as if it's a zombie apocalypse. We go out, we go to the restaurant and it is packed. There are literally hundreds of people inside. And we could not believe it. It was as if like, Those stories about like the soldiers who are still fighting the war, you know, like the message never got to them that it's over. That's what you start to feel like. Like, how are we locked inside, not doing anything? It's on a little restaurant row. And I mean, you couldn't park. There was it was like St. Patrick's Day. You know, I mean, it was just I couldn't believe it. And that's cognitive dissonance. If people are not familiar, meaning like you believe something that is not that is out of sync with what you see. That's very fraught. Yeah. And it's, I think, another function of this third quarter phenomenon. Like, I can't do this anymore. Right. So I'm just going to stop now. <laughs> like, well, we're almost there. As you said, you don't want to be the last person to get COVID, but you just can't take it anymore. But at the same time, you're so mm-hmm. over it. And then when you look around, you seem to be the only one still doing it. And so then it just feels like and it is it is the exact thing to my husband the other day. It is the classic war of attrition. Right. So like define a war of attrition, Amy. A war of attrition. I know it mostly is a song lyric. But I, like Nobody wins, right? You won, but everybody's dead. 
I mean, it basically means like nobody wins. It's giving up. It's slowly giving up. So it's not like there's a decisive victory. And this kind of feels like that. Like, okay, I guess we'll have the grandparents come, even though the CDC says no. But I mean, we got to get rid of something, right? So I guess we'll get rid of that. There's no logic to what we're doing. It's just like, I guess we'll go to a restaurant because we're really tired of eating at home, even though the numbers are higher than when we would have never gone somewhere, you know? Yes. Yes. And it just all feels kind of like we're just giving up on stuff one at a time for very random reasons in that war of attrition way of like, I guess we'll just let this end because we're tired of fighting. I'm actually kind of glad that the second dose of the vaccine is making, you know, some people feel pretty sick because the first dose sort of, you know, preps your immune system. And then the second dose, your immune system is like, I'm ready. And you feel pretty lousy for 24 hours. A lot of people are reporting. I'm glad that that's happening because I'm finding among friends of mine saying like, I felt really bad. Like, did you feel this sick? I'm like, yeah, it's you don't want to get COVID. And I feel like the vaccine, that little 24 hour window is reminding people that it's really not something that you want to go through if you can avoid it and that it might be worth keeping your oars in the water a little longer. Yeah, I'm trying to remind myself of that because I feel like I'm of an age. I have a very minor issue with my heart that is not serious, but like just serious enough that like COVID's not going to help it. You know, I don't want to get COVID. But I kind of need that reminder a little bit because I'm over it. I'm bored, you know, and the winter made it so much harder in New York. I mean, I think there are people who listen who are in warm places or at least places where like you could still see people outside. We've been trapped, you know, we've had months of no contact with the outside world, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) my kids haven't gone to school two days a week, but other than that, We haven't seen friends. We haven't seen anybody. We've had a couple of days where, you know, we went skiing with my sister and her family. We had friends over on the porch in huge snowsuits drinking, you know, cocoa. But it's hardly socializing. We have become deconditioned, right? Like when you spend, you know, too long in bed after you're sick, like you lose muscle tone and you have to build it back up. I think that we have lost muscle tone in this way. Like we can all go see people now. And it's sort of like, but do I know how to put on pants? And (laughs) the answer is no. And hold a conversation with a cocktail in my hand. Do I remember how to do that? Do I want to do that? Like I kind of like watching Netflix and hiding under this blanket. Like we've gotten accustomed to this way of doing things. And now the old way of doing things, I think you're right. There's some things I do want to leave behind, not be as go, go, go. My spouse won't travel as much as he used to, which was, you know, insane amounts. But yeah, it's starting to feel weird. The normal life is now what feels weird. This has become normal because it's been so long. So I think as we're trying to identify what's going on, we have a couple of different things. One is that we still don't understand the rules. That's been very difficult and creating this cognitive dissonance and this idea of like, should we be saying yes? The answer is we don't know. And the answer is the same as saying no. You have to find yourself on the spectrum for yourself, meaning like I am old and have a heart condition. And so I'm going to be much more careful than other people. And I have to say that that's okay with me. You know, Mm -hmm. my husband has some underlying issues and is slightly less old than me, but still old. And so we're going to do this differently than other people. And I just have to be comfortable with that. That's fine. I'm not going to go out to dinner yet with 12 people. I don't know who in that crowd is vaccinated. I don't want to have the conversation too high maintenance for me. I'm just going to say no to that. And that's fine for right now. So that's issue number one. 
Yeah, but it's not as easy as keeping your eyes on your own paper, which is, I think, what we would usually say is like, you can't worry about what other people are doing, but you must worry about what other people are doing because it's going to drive infection rates in your area and vaccine compliance. And right. It's not as easy as you said, I'm not going to go because I don't know what's going on. It's a little more complicated than you have to live your life and you can't worry about other people. In this case, unfortunately, you do. For sure, you can worry about other people, but I do think fundamentally in all of the conversations we've had about this, I have come to the conclusion that like you have to draw your own boundaries. You have to be really comfortable with your own boundaries and that you can be driven absolutely bonkers and crazy by other people doing things differently, but you still fundamentally just don't have any control over that. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, you don't. Like, yes, it bothers me to go out. I mean- I was like, what are these people doing? And my husband was pointing out, well, we're here. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, okay, we're doing right. I mean, but we did leave. <laughs> like, I'm not sitting at a restaurant with 200 people in it right now. That seems insane to me. But I do think that driving yourself crazy with how botched this has all been and how frustrating it is that other people aren't doing it in a certain way and other people are dealing with the vaccine differently than you are. I mean, there's no happiness down that road. I mean, you can. Yes, it may make things worse. Yes, people, a million people going to spring break, like may produce a variant that is not controlled by the, you know, vaccine. Like, yes, that's crazy making. But that's I don't know. What are you going to do about that? I don't know. You know, we have a listener who said she um, won't be able to register for a vaccine for another couple of weeks. And the mask mandate where she lives is about to expire. And she is a massage therapist. So that's her job. And she has a baby at home. So she will be very soon massaging people who won't have to wear masks because they don't have to anymore. And yet she's not eligible for a vaccine yet. And it's this sort of like we are all falling between the cracks in these weird ways. And she's feeling the dissonance of everybody around her like, it's almost no mask time. And she's like, we're not, we're not ready for this. I don't know what you do about that, except to sort of be witness to it for one another. Be like, this is really confusing and hard. Yeah. And I mean, we've said it before. Your experience of COVID is your experience of COVID. If you've met one person dealing with COVID, you've met <laughs> right. one person dealing right. with COVID. Everybody has a million different factors. One of the factors that has factored into our travel is that some of the people we know live in places that are not taking the virus seriously. Some of the people we know live in places that are taking the virus seriously. Like, it's frustrating, but you have to deal with what you have in front of you and you have to. I mean, I think it's frustrating and I understand that it doesn't help, but you're never going to control what you can't control. I don't care what the circumstances, how botched, unfair, terrible. I just think... You're never going to control what you can't control. You're never going to control that your state decides to lift a mask mandate, you know, when it's insane. Yeah. You don't have control over that. And I think you've got to keep coming back to like, where do I have any agency in this situation? And like, are too many people going on spring break vacation? I have zero agency. So I have to think a lot about how much I want to engage with that. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, 
zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, things that people are saying at this point in the pandemic that we're just not sure about. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. You have to come to Lee's night. We're going to go to that little place downtown. I mean, it's inside, but two out of the five of us are vaccinated, so we should be good. Honey, it is very important to your father that you come to the birthday. Listen, it's next week and you're set to get the vaccine, what, like a month from now? I don't understand why you're making a fuss. We're doing brunch, but it's outside in a tent that has four walls and a door and a heater and no windows. But the tent is outside. Oh, honey, you don't need to worry about coming here. The governor lifted the mask mandate, so that means we're done with COVID. This has been things that people are saying at this point in the pandemic that we're just not sure about. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. All right, can I tell you what the third quarter phenomenon astronauts and Arctic researchers and stuff do when they hit this wall? What helps them? I mean, it better be good. It makes sense. Is it eating a lot of snacks? Because that's what I'm doing. No. Okay. It makes sense. I'll give you the small bit of good advice that I thought was really <laughs> useful, and then I'll give you the big one. I'm not trusting you. The small bit of good advice, which is a little too late to be useful now, but I'll keep this in mind for next time, is when you have to be in an extended, you know, lockdown, locked in situation with a group of people, it's good to mention your pet peeves and establish those <laughs> early. That would have been quite a list, Amy. Quite a list. Right? Is the other way your spouse breathes an acceptable pet peeve? Yeah. 
that's the problem is the pet peeves list sort of, you know, expanded rapidly. But yeah, if I know ahead of time. We have a kid who's a loud chewer and how he has survived this. I mean, we're all ready to just put him out the front door. Yeah. You need to establish your pet peeves early. So when the person's like, oh, I can't take it anymore over the loud chewing and like, oh, she did say that week one. So I'm not surprised that she's... <laughs> screaming now we have i think one thing we have done established like which battles we want to fight and like the loud chewer we're just like no you have to stop the loud chewing and <laughs> the loud chewing has exponentially improved because it's like we've decided to fight that battle yeah you can walk quietly too that's the battle i choose to fight like you don't have to you know pound with your heel with sparks flying out in all directions you can actually just place your foot in a different way it's possible. Yeah, I've let that one go, but it's horrible, horrible. <laughs> it's a hard one. Okay, but the big picture thing that they advise people who are struggling with this to do is to focus on the mission, to refocus on why they're there, what they're going to accomplish, and the larger good that will be created by their hanging on just a little longer. So, you know, the guys who are simulating a trip to Mars are changing the future of space travel. The Arctic researchers are, well, I don't know what they're doing. They're hopefully they're saving us from climate change or saving the polar bears. Whatever they're doing, it's really good. And they're, they're saving us all. Good job, guys. Whatever it is you're doing up there. Thanks. They're saving us all. A little refocusing on the mission is what will maybe get us through this last part of the tunnel that we can see the light at the end. I think this is good. And I think it ties back to what you were saying before the break, which is, and what I believe to be true, even though I realize it is very cold comfort. What's frustrating about the pandemic specifically and the way it has played out probably in the U S specifically is, although I guess it's everywhere is this feeling of like, if everyone would focus on the mission, it would go better. Right. And that this feeling that we are the only ones focusing on the mission and that other people are not focusing on the mission is extremely frustrating to the point of like insane agitation. Like it's not a little frustrating. And that one starts to feel after a while that if one continues to focus on the mission, one is a sucker, you know, like, oh, I'm the only one. <laughs> Everyone else is just out cavorting with the polar bears while I'm here doing whatever the heck I do in the Arctic to save the environment. You know, like that variable is not representing what you just said. Right. Like, OK, guys, if we all focus on the mission, we can. But this is what I'm going to offer because I think it's helpful and I've had to do it for myself. The mission of the pandemic is not me stopping variants from emerging by writing on Facebook, you all should be home with masks on and not cavorting. You know what I mean? Yeah. The mission of the pandemic for me is having my kids have as much of a joyful family experience of this as we can, understanding that we have decided to be as shut down as possible. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to frame your mission for yourself. So for our massage therapist who is in this really difficult situation, I think focusing on the dopey state that has gotten rid of the mask mandate and put her in increased danger. Yes. Always going to be part of it, but like there's no agency there. And that's the thing that I think like, what is the mission that you can accomplish yourself through the end of the pandemic? Yeah. And like, I put that out there, understanding that like, it's extremely frustrating. I am not trying to say like, well, if you just have love in your heart, everything turns out okay. Like, but I do think this idea of mission is interesting to me in terms of like, how do you personalize that for yourself? And your mission can be as simple as keeping yourself and your kids from getting COVID in this last little bit, which is, you know, I'm speaking from personal experience. It's a worthy enterprise to keep your kids 
from getting it, to keep yourself from getting it, because there are long-term complications that can occur and you don't want to get it. You don't want to have this in your life. And so I think maybe you can bring the mission a little closer, you know, help your kids understand why they're wearing masks and why they're doing it. And you're going to do it this little bit longer. You're going to make this harder choice a little bit longer rather than, as you say, change everybody's minds. And listen, the mission of keeping your kids safe may be incompatible with the mission of keeping a roof over your kid's head. Right. And that is what is so frustrating with this. And so I'm not trying to be facile about it. Like, just keep an eye on your personal mission and you'll be fine. Like, these are incredibly difficult choices. And I think that part of it for all of us is like, we were promised cake. Like, there's no cake. There's no like simple solution to any of this. But I think there is light at the end of the tunnel, which feels hopeful and exciting and unsettling at the same time. And that's okay to recognize and acknowledge. And really trying to figure out like, okay, if my mission is like, keep my kids safe from COVID, what do I have to do to make that happen? And like, if that mission is incompatible with me making a living, is it safer to double mask? Can I travel five hours to go get a vaccine one Saturday and get someone to watch my kids for me. I mean, I know people who've driven five, six hours for the vaccine. Like, I think that bringing the agency as close to yourself as you can is the only thing I can offer people. Yeah. Bring the wall closer because there's actual it's normal to be wigging out about the period of isolation ending because there are two parts of this, right? One that like, are we really not done yet? But two, like, what am I going to do when we get to the end? I don't think I'm ready to go back to the way we were. And that's part of this third quarter phenomenon too. Like the reason they think the biological imperative, the reason that we feel this way, 75% of the way through the event is knowing that it's ending. And this is Nathan Smith, I'm quoting, who's a University of Manchester researcher. He says that it makes sense when you know that your period of isolation is going to end to kind of shut down a little bit and conserve your resources because you're nervous about going back out into the world where who knows what resources you're going to need. So you start to feel more stingy about those things. And so that's a natural reaction, right? That we're like, am I going to want to do all this stuff when it's available to me? And I can be cranky that nobody's going to tell me when it's available. And then I'm going to have to figure this out for myself. And then on don't even know if I'm going to want to do half that stuff that I used to do. I don't even know if I want it back. It's normal to be feeling this way. I think this has really helped me clarify this whole thing of like the enemy of peace is expectation and being in the wrong place in your expectation. So that like, well, it's not even fun to have the grandparents visit because we don't feel comfortable hundred percent. And it's not this like running, hugging, super fun celebration we thought would be the end of the pandemic. One of the things that my kids have been saying, whatever, we sat around last March, probably, what will we do when the pandemic is over? And we decided that what we were going to do is go to the Cheesecake Factory. That seems like a great thing for us, you know? And it's been funny. Like, what does that look like? We could go to the Cheesecake Factory now and sit outside and feel pretty safe. But like, doesn't seem like it's over. Like, when are we going to the Cheesecake Factory? Exactly. You know, and this is what we're kind of getting to is like, there is no finish line. So I think what will bring the most calm is to be as honest as possible about what's really going on. So like, yes, we may still be wearing masks when we go to that wedding that is outdoors. And it may not be exactly what we imagined it to be, which was like, it's all over and look, everyone's having fun. But we are going to make the best of this. Yes, we may be anxious and still stuck inside when the grandparents come to visit. It's not going to be like, look, it's over and we're all frolicking in a field. But 
that's a lot better than not seeing them at all. Yeah. And so kind of really end feeling like, you know, I've been looking forward to this being over, but now that it's close, I actually feel a ton of ambivalence about going back to my old life. And that is something I have to examine. Like, I think the best thing we can all do is realize what we can control and what we can't and be really clear about what's honestly going on and don't spend time in that place of like, I guess we'll just pretend this is great. It's fine that it's not the best. It's fine. It occurs to me when you were just saying about the Cheesecake Factory, because that was sort of my takeaway from this, is that maybe we need to create, back in the spring, we were talking about, you're telling the kid to swim to me, swim to me, and you know where the wall is. You know how far the kid has to swim, even if they don't. But we were in this pandemic where we couldn't feel the wall. And now we're starting to feel the wall, but how far is it? And do I even want to get to the wall? And so, you know, we, for waiting for somebody to tell us this is the wall, we're probably not going to get it. So choosing some sort of ritual for yourself, for your family, we're going to go to Cheesecake Factory and that will mark the end of this. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, we're going to drink this sparkling grape juice, you know, on the first day we get to go to the park. I don't know what it is, but you can create something for yourself that sort of marks it because I think that would be very helpful for us, each of us mentally to be like, this is, I'm celebrating having gotten through something, even if we have to go put the mask on again and go to the wedding. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I agree that like the idea of the celebration is a good one, but I'm wary of this thing that we've kind of talked about today, which is like, there isn't a finish line. Yeah. And that's difficult in its own way. But I think really acknowledging that there's not a finish line that like, what I've been saying a lot to my kids is, April is going to be a lot better. We can be outside. We can socialize. We're out of the winter. But this idea of like, we'll go to the Cheesecake Factory when it's over <laughs> is a little bit tricky, right? Like, is it over because we can go and sit outside? And like, is that? But they're like, no, 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 we don't want to do that. We want to go when it's over. Mm, yeah, you're right. And I think the over idea is pretty complicated. Like, I am wary of offering my kids over because... I think we may be wearing masks through the end of the year. I think that we may, you know, my, I think my kids may go back to school full time after the Easter break. That's huge. That to me is a yes. big marker of over if my kids were back in school full time, but they're going to go in masks with dividers and eating outside and not being able to touch their friends and not be able to be in chorus. Like over is, I think, the enemy of sanity right now. Maybe, you know, that like maybe you mark the celebration of like, the worst is over, maybe. But I don't think over maybe is the goal right now. Mm, maybe it's not. I think maybe like the best, I mean, this is a rule for all of life, right? What's the best we can make today? What's the next best thing? The next best choice, that's right. And I think that that's maybe, we're not at over, we're at next best choice. And so next best choice is, okay, we will have family come and visit, but we're still going to have to be really careful, which is kind of a bummer. We thought we'd, that they would be coming when this was over, but instead they're coming when it's the next best choice, you know? And like, will we travel to places that don't have mass mandates over the summer? I guess we'll have to see how that all plays out, but we're going to stop looking for the finish line and just start looking for like next best choice with an understanding and with a vocalization of like next best choice is actually getting significantly better. And just like there's not a binary, like before, after, there will be a bell that will ring and then we'll all be free to, you know, move freely about the cabin. To sing the Wiz song, <laughs> yes. yes. 
it's also not binary. Like, and you know, when we move freely about the cabin, everything has to go exactly back to the way it was before. Like we can be choosy about what we take from this cave blinking back out into the sunshine. We don't have to go back. Very important that like this feeling of like, but then I have to this and that. I mean, there are things you don't control, whether your work is going to make you come back, whether you're going to need to get childcare. There's lots of things you don't control, but there's lots of things you do control that you can make choices about. And that's fair. And I think the third quarter phenomenon is a good time and maybe even do this and get a pen and paper out and do it and sit down and be like, what was good about this? What was bad about this? What do we want to keep? What do we want to lose? What are 10 things as a family we're really looking forward to? And let's make a list of when we think we can do those things, you know, Mm. and take some time and do it as an exercise and then drop your expectations of like, this will be when we're doing the whiz dance and realize that like, You're looking for those moments every day, but there's not a door where you're walking through and like finding yourself dancing. Yeah, it's going to be very, very gradual. It's like the frog in the boiling water. The heat underneath us has turned off. But it's the reverse now. Exactly. Before the water was getting hotter and we were dying, but now the water is getting cooler (laughs) and hopefully we're coming back to life. Perfect metaphor. Although that's not quite right. (laughs) Love it. Solved it. Perfect. Guys, I hope that you're doing okay out there. I know everyone's feeling bummed out. Amy, before we go, if you're comfortable, a couple of people on our Facebook page wanted an update on how your daughter is doing. Your daughter's been struggling since getting COVID last March. And do you want to give us an update on how she's feeling? Sure. I'll give you an update. If she were here, she would say, I feel better, but I don't feel all better. She has gotten much better by working with uh, long COVID specialists in New York City and the most important thing that they're telling these people to do is to really decrease what they do physically in a day. So by taking her physical activity way, way down, she has slowly, slowly improved and she's at school and feels pretty good, but definitely not like she felt before she got sick. So, you know, if that gives you a little bit of motivation to wear those masks a little bit longer, I know she would say it's worth it. Thanks for that update. Guys, we'll talk to you next week. So long. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. 
On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. 